Welcome to Seattle College's International Programs and our show, Conversations With, where we talk to people that help you understand how you, too, can be an international student in the United States and why Seattle Colleges should be your first choice. We'll talk to students and staff and agents and government folks, all kinds of people about what you can expect when you're getting ready to apply or travel here, what you'll experience while you're with us, and how it can all lead to an amazing life. Don't forget to check out the Seattle College's International Programs website at intl.seattlecolleges.edu, where you can find a treasure trove of information about the school, the programs here, and Best of all, fill out and submit your application. Again, that's intl.seattlecolleges.edu. I'm Evan Fernalovich, and I'm in Seattle, Washington today, where we are talking with Brandon Manley. Hello, Brandon. Hi, Evan. How are you? Good, thanks. Good to talk. <laughs> Good to have you here. Thanks for coming. Um, tell us, uh, well... The listeners should know this is our second staff member here at Seattle Colleges that has uh, done the podcast, so we're really excited to have you. We like to hear from not only the students, but also the staff. So tell us, who are you and what do you do? Where do you work? Okay, I'm Brendan Manley, and I've been working at the Seattle Colleges Institute of English for the last 15 years. Oh my gosh. And... Uh, my job is to help prepare international students to improve their written academic English and their academic reading skills and their listening skills uh, in order that they can confidently start their degree courses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they use big words in class, right? Yeah, they have to learn a lot of big words. 15 years, that's mm-hmm. a long time. Are you from Seattle originally? Uh, no, you can probably tell from my accent that I <laughs> did not grow up here. Um, I've been in Seattle for 17 years. Oh, okay. Prior to that, I lived in London for 25 years. And I, I spent most of my previous life in Britain, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. And I was a teacher at a community college or two community colleges in London for 17 years prior to coming to Seattle. Okay. So I have worked the majority of my life in community colleges. Sure. So you traded one kind of cloudy, rainy city for another kind of cloudy, rainy city. I did. But Seattle has better summers. It's true. Yeah. Reliable summers summers are worth the horrible rainy months. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't last for a lot of people think it's really rainier, but it's not too bad. No, it's less rainy than most U.S. cities, but we do have a lot of cloud. Mm -hmm. We can't ignore that. But the summers are really good. Very nice. So why Seattle? Why did you pick Seattle? Uh, because my wife is from Seattle oh. and wanted to come back. And my daughter was about to start college and she had choices in the UK and the US and she preferred one of the choices in the US. So we decided we should all move. Very cool. And where did she go to school? Just out of curiosity. At Reed College in Portland. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Next state down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Oregon originally, so I know all I know. about Reed. And actually, Leslie, our director, she worked at Reed for oh, just a while. I don't know if I you knew that. Your yeah, information yeah. for me. Yeah, so so you're here in Seattle. You've been working here, teaching English for a long time. So over the last 15 years, what kinds of changes have you seen in the world of English instruction at a, at a program like this? Um, 
I mean, certainly in the Seattle area, I would have to say that uh, all of the teachers in this sector of education have noticed that programs are closing. Oh. Mm. So, for example, prior to coming to Seattle Central, I worked at the University of Washington. Okay. Uh, not for very long, um, but their longstanding program closed a few years ago. Other colleges have closed their programs and... I think this is partly because, as I understand it, in a lot of um, countries where many of our students might come from, there are now more opportunities to stay and study at home. There are more English uh, language medium courses. Some universities have set up satellite campuses in those countries. There are also, particularly since the pandemic, more opportunities to study online. Mm, that's true. So... Um, Programs have uh, shrunk, some have closed, but not our one. I mean, mm. our one did, did suffer like everywhere else during the pandemic, but we're increasing in size again. We're getting more students in. No, that's great. Which is great. Yeah, so they do have a lot more choices out there. So what's the, what's the pitch? I mean, why should a student who's going, well, I can just bring my English up, while I'm here in Kenya or Botswana or wherever, why go to SCIE? I don't think there's any alternative, any satisfactory alternative to getting the chance to live somewhere new and maybe particularly when you're young. Mm, that's true. I think, uh, yes, you can study, you can probably make academic progress at home, but the opportunity of living somewhere new uh, learning about a different culture, experiencing it, making friends from, uh, in the new place, from other places, uh, especially when you're young. I had that opportunity when I was young, not in s to study, but when I graduated college, I got my first job in Sudan and I lived oh. there for two years. And for me, that was a transformative experience. Right. And I think because I was 21 when I started there, um, it probably had more an effect on me than it might have done had I tried that later when maybe I would have had more money or more time. So, yeah, I think this the experience is not just about the academics. I think the experience of trying a new life when maybe you don't have so many responsibilities, you may not have a family or uh, you may not have started working. Mm. I think that's a wonderful thing if you can do it. Right, right. But one of the things I love about community colleges, I went to a community college, uh, is that the student makeup is a little bit uh, diverse mm -hmm. um, as far as age goes. What's the average age of the students you guys are seeing in your classroom? I guess now probably late teens, early 20s. Okay, of so course, we do get some outliers, people... Mm -hmm. Even up to my age, I've had students even older than me, which mm -hmm. may not even seem possible <laughs> to my students who think I'm as old as the hills. But uh, uh -huh. it is wonderful as a teacher to have that range of um, students to work with. For sure. So we get a lot of people with um, many different life experiences, people with work experience, people with family responsibilities, mm. as well as uh, younger people who may have just finished high school and want to try something new. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a big advantage in community colleges. Also, I'd have to say the generally smaller class size is another advantage 
at the University of Washington, freshman classes can have hundreds of oh my gosh. students in, and I think mm. that is true for most universities, whereas community college classes are designed to be much smaller, so the students get more um, attention from the teacher. Um, I think that's another big advantage. Do you have a small class size in your English classes? Yeah, we in our program, we have class caps. We have limits to the number of students, oh, okay. depending on the kind of class. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I'm teaching a reading-writing class, and the cap for that is 16 students. Oh, okay. that, that is pretty small. It yeah. is small. Classes that are focused on listening and speaking, I think the cap is 20. Gotcha. But I don't think we go above 20 in any of our classes. Fabulous. So you focus on those two elements. What is your approach to get students to improve rapidly? Because they, uh, well, first of all, let's back up maybe. When they arrive, we give them some sort of a test, right? Yeah, a placement test. Yeah. Tell so, us about that part. So that's currently, well, we're changing the test that we uh, use. We used to use an in-house test, which was cumbersome, difficult to implement, mm. involving a lot of people. Um, now we're using a, a different online test, and that has many advantages. It's ac accessible from anywhere at any time. That is cool. Um, and we're still testing that test. Okay. Because we've, we've only used it uh, one time so far. So we need to do it again to make sure that it's giving the results that we want. And the results that we want are that students are placed in classes that are challenging enough for them. That so, zone of proximal development. Yeah, right? so they, they, they can make progress. It's not too hard, but um, and certainly not something that's too easy for them and would be a waste of their time and mm -hmm. their tuition money. So, uh, yeah, we start with a placement test. The students are assigned to different levels. Our program currently has five levels. Um, and then uh, you're asking about what I do? Yeah, you know, like what are your approaches? So you have different levels yeah. to work with. So maybe it changes depending on the level you're teaching. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I teach, I only teach one level per quarter. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm teaching the reading, writing for class this quarter okay so that's got that has 15 hours of contact time for the students and me plus my students will tell you a lot of homework <laughs> is that right yeah what Probably kind of homework do right. they do um it varies uh it's a reading writing class so all of the um homework is oriented towards reading writing but of course for writing there's a large component of sentence structure grammar sure and, you know, we consider these courses developmental. They're not, we don't expect perfection. Of course. We hope for improvement. Yes. And we hope students will be ready to uh, finish one quarter and then progress on to a higher level, probably more demanding class. Okay. Once they reach level five, if they pass that for reading and writing, then they are able to start their AA degrees or AS degrees in the college. Right. So the college accepts that passing out of our level five classes shows that they are ready to start the degree. When, when you say passing out of that level, is there a test they have to take? Um, there will be tests, um, but 
those there's no specific final test. Okay. Um, there is a final grade. Okay. They do and get a grade. depending on the grade, mm-hmm. some students will be able to start um, classes and college courses immediately. Um, sometimes if the grade is not at a certain threshold, then they they may have to, for example, take English 101 along with English 099. Mm, okay. They might need a little extra support while they're doing their English 101. Right. But for the other classes they're taking, history, math, business, they're in college at mm. that point. Cool. So reading is a, you know, there's so many different kinds of things you can read. Are you having them do Shakespeare? Are you having them, what are you having them read? Um, this quarter, um, I'm mostly using uh, a, a website called Common Lit, mm. which has a huge variety of reading texts, uh, fiction, nonfiction, poetry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The advantage for the students is that it's free. Mm, that is good. There's a huge amount of choice. Um, a lot of we there are plenty of reading textbooks, but in a ten week intensive course is very rare that you would get through a complete textbook. So I've felt for a long time that I should only ask the students to buy a textbook if they can really use it. Oh, okay. So I've been using other sources of reading material. I also have, you know, articles that I take from the press. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm less likely to use a reading book now because I find the students will only get through a half and it seems like a waste. They'll have to buy a different one the next quarter. Mm, So um, I like using common lit supplemented with other material Hmm. because when we're teaching reading, we're teaching reading skills. There are lots of uh, specific reading skills that may not have been taught um, during a student's education up till now. Yeah, yeah. So things like things that are that are often taught in an American high school, which, I mean, for example, uh, finding main ideas, finding implied main ideas, uh, working on the meaning of vocabulary in its context, not using a dictionary. Right. So important. Connecting main ideas with supporting information. Um, those are skills that uh, most American college students have already experienced. Right. But probably the majority of students in my experience in our program may not have uh, experienced their reading education like that. Of course, maybe some version in their first language. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, their college uh, teachers will be expecting the students to have those skills. Of course. So it's really our job to try to help the students acquire those skills. Mm. And of course it is a rush. It's a 10 week course. No, 10 weeks. Yeah. Mm. Each quarter for SEIE is only 10 weeks. Okay. And it's every quarter, right? All four quarters, just like our college classes. Yeah. It's all year long. Yeah. And mm. students don't necessarily have to take a class every quarter. I, I understand that there are certain visa requirements, but after, I think after they've been in a program like ours for three quarters, they can take a vacation quarter. Okay. Yeah. But the, but the courses are open all year round. Sure. Now there are five levels we mm-hmm. talked about earlier, just uh, not too long ago. 
How many of those students that you get start at level one? I mean, they just don't speak English at all, hardly. Right, right now, almost, I mean, pretty much nobody. Okay. That's... We, don't, um, we don't have this quarter a standalone level one class. I think we have two combined level one, level two classes. Oh, okay. So you do have... Because, but... Uh, the proportion of students who are assessed at level one is likely much smaller than the proportion of students assessed at level two. Mm -hmm. This is a big change. Uh, eight, nine years ago, uh, we had six, no, seven levels, including a oh. foundation level for students who may not have used the Roman alphabet before. Oh, okay. So and really needed to... Um, have a foundational experience. Right. Um, we don't. We ha we haven't had students at that level uh, for quite a long time, um, and we get we're getting fewer and fewer uh, students who would be assessed at our level one. We, we're keeping it open, but often we don't open a class at that level because we just don't have enough students. Right. And that may be something to do with what we talked about earlier, about there being other opportunities for students to uh, acquire academic English skills at home, and maybe people will feel better doing it there and then coming when they have some skills already. Mm -hmm. Because although it's, I said before, it's very exciting and valuable to have the experience Sometimes it's hard to come to a new place and try and work out everything. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I taught English for four years in China, uh -huh. and it was a great experience. But my classroom was only filled with Chinese students. Right. Your classrooms are filled with people from multiple countries all over the world. Yes. Asian, African, Middle Eastern, Latin American. European. What's your Yeah, European, right. Mm -hmm. So what's your approach? Like, they all kind of learn differently? Do you find that... They all learn kind of the same, or do you find... I think, think all, I mean, as individuals, everybody brings their own of course, experience. Yeah. And probably there may be some national curriculum uh, effects from certain countries. Mm -hmm. So students have been taught to approach learning in certain ways. Okay. Um, yeah, there's definitely a, a big variation. But... Like I said before, our courses are very intensive in 10, 10 weeks. So and part of our job is to try to help the students adapt to what might be expected in an American classroom. Right. So, um, <laughs> which is different. Which, which is different mm -hmm. and which in their eyes or in anybody's eyes may not always seem logical. Yeah. But that's what they're likely to experience. So, uh, yeah, I try to model, even though... I myself did not grow up in this environment. I think I've managed to learn enough <laughs> so that I can accurately represent what is likely to be demanded of those students mm -hmm. once they start. And for most of our students, they'll probably spend maybe three or four quarters. It does vary depending on what level they're placed in. Mm -hmm. So that is a chance for them to get used to the idea that um, the American educational system will have certain demands and they'll be able to fulfill those demands. And of course, our students in the higher level classes can also take certain college classes. So they'll be experiencing that while they're in our program. 
Great. So yeah. it's, it's a uh, part of our program levels um, three, four, and five are what we used to call the bridge program, where the students can take our classes, but at the same time they can take a limited number of college level classes for which they get credit. Great. So they kind of get a little jump start. Yeah, and they can see what's happening in other classes. They'll be working with students who are not um, international students. So it's an opportunity to, to meet people, make other friends, get established, see what taking a degree might be like. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's a big advantage. And a lot of our students uh, really enjoy that. Right. So when I was in China, I actually worked for British schools. I worked uh -huh. for Staffordshire, Oxford Brooks, All right. and um, Sterling. Uh, where did you go to school in the UK? Um, I, I university. I went to Durham University. Okay. And then I did my teaching degree at London University. Oh, nice. Oh, do you hear that sound? Yeah, here we go. Oh, you know what that sound means? It means that it's time for our trivia round. Okay. Oh, that's I'm, trivia. I'm going to ask you five questions, uh -huh. and if you can answer them all correctly, you'll get a big high five and you'll be on our wall of fame. If you don't answer them all correctly, uh -huh. you'll live in shame, at least for the next few oh, minutes. Well, I'll and, be uh, used to that. <laughs> so we'll try not to make them too okay. difficult, but here we go. These are all related to what you do. Number one. How many levels are there in the SCIE program? Five. Ding, ding, ding. So at the highest level, level five, how many college credits can they take? Fifteen. Mm, okay. No, okay. It's so I'm seven. Wrong. Up to seven. According oh, college credits. I was say yes, yeah, yeah, no, completely okay. wrong. Okay, I'll how, leave now. In no, shame. no, let's finish. Let's finish. Yeah. How many campuses does SCIE live on? Well, SCIE currently is only at uh, Central Campus. Only at our Seattle Center. However, campus. we do administer online classes for students on other campuses. No, is that right? I didn't yeah, know that. The ISD classes. So, uh, and there's a possibility if student enrollment numbers expand that they may reopen classes on other campuses because until until a year into the pandemic there were classes at north and south ah. as well as central well i hope that happens yeah. let's hope those numbers keep rising um how much total classroom time is there per week except for in the summer summer is a different answer so fall winter spring so are you talking about the students? Well, on our website, it says how many total classroom, how much cl total classroom time there is per week. So maybe not a good it, question. It does. It, it actually depends on the level. Okay. It does yeah. depend on the level. I mean, for, a, for most of the students in the lower levels, they have uh, 15 hours with SEIE. Right. And at the, at the very low levels, they cannot take the bridge courses that I was mentioning, right, right, right. but it does increase at the higher levels. Yeah. And it depends on what the students require to do. We have a listening speaking class and not all of our students have to take it. If they placed um, in a test that shows their speaking and listening skills are high enough, right. then they're exempt from that. Yeah. Because an IELTS score, for example, yeah. you might get a high enough score in one area, but right. not in the other. Yeah, and with the current test that we're using for placement, 
there is a listening speaking component. Okay. So gotcha. it, it does depend. I mean, every individual is treated as an individual. Mm-hmm. Nice to know. And the last question, which film are you hoping wins best picture? Are you a movie watcher? I am, but mm. my mind's going blank. <laughs> the best one. Yeah, the best. The, the best, best one. We want the best, best one to one. win. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of debate on which one's best. Is it Avatar? Is it yeah. women talking? But... Well, unfortunately, I haven't seen any of them yet, oh. so I'm not really qualified to not judge well, yet. Get out there and see a couple. I will, yeah. I just saw a Triangle of Sadness. Uh, not my favorite no. of the films I've seen uh-huh. so far, but it was okay. Yeah. All Quiet on the Rustin Front was quite powerful, right. but not super uplifting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can think I can watch that on Netflix, but... Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not something I'd look forward to <laughs> when I need to relax. Well, what do you do for, what do you do for fun in Seattle? Um, what do I do? I do a lot of gardening, not this time oh. of year. Yeah. Uh, hiking when mm-hmm. I can, when the weather's good, well, even when the weather's not good. You can still get out. I mean, you got to go when it's not good because otherwise you otherwise just don't go very good. much. Yeah. And then, you know, like everybody else, a lot of time is taken up with all the boring chores that get you ready. The honey-do list. Yeah. 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 All of those lists. Very good. Well, it was fantastic meeting you and sharing all your information. I hope that's very helpful. If they... If they have more questions about um, the English program, of course, they can contact us in international programs. But is there a way they contact you guys directly or do they normally just go through I the marketing department? everybody's directed through the marketing right. department okay. because I don't think Very teachers good. are really equipped to deal yeah. with individual inquiries. Very good. Yeah, but if, any, if anybody in marketing wants to know anything, they can certainly ask us okay. if there's something that's not obvious. Appreciate that, because yeah. I just don't know so much. It's amazing <laughs> how much I don't know. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. Maybe we can go hiking one day. I'm a hiker myself, great. so that would okay. be great. Let's do that. For people yeah, to do that. Good. That was fun. Thanks, Evan. All right. Thank you. Have a great week. You too. Conversations With is painstakingly crafted for you by the Seattle College's International Programs Department and supported by the lovely folks here on our campus. This show is produced and edited by me, Evan Frenolovich. We welcome your emails and questions about coming to Seattle Colleges. Please reach out to us via our website or just give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts as this helps others discover the show. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or YouTube at Seattle Colleges INTL. That's Seattle Colleges INTL. And be sure to check out all of the shows here on Conversations With. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.